Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. Happy Healthy You. And now here's Connie. Everybody, welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm Connie Bowman, your host. Thank you so much for listening on all of our platforms. We're on so many now, I can't even keep track. We're on uh, Spotify and iHeart and Spreaker and Stitcher and I don't even know. So (laughs) wherever you're listening from, welcome and I'm so happy to have you here. How's your summer going? My summer's been really exciting and fun. I've been traveling a lot and um, I'm ending the summer with a giant summer cold. <laughs> so as you know, summer colds go on and on and mine is uh, really, really uh, true to form. So I hope you've avoided them, but um, I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of laying low. I'm at the beach looking out at the Chesapeake Bay as we speak. So kind of taking it easy. And I don't know about you, but it's so hard to take it easy. I'm used to working out and being active and um, it's really hard, but I feel like having a little cold is a good opportunity to just kind of sit and be with yourself and practice all those things that I talk about on this podcast, mindfulness and yoga and Um, I did go out of my kayak yesterday, and I have to say, I'm excited to see that the ospreys in the bay are doing really well. I see ospreys everywhere, and I I didn't know a whole lot about ospreys until I went on the um, the, uh, Cape May Lewis Ferry, and the captain of the ship pointed out this giant nest, and he said, look, we have a mother osprey and some new babies up there, and I kind of wondered to myself, why is he pointing that out to us? And um, so when I got home, I looked up the osprey story, and they've had a really rough time. They're always um, coming in and out of uh, their population And so I was happy to see that the ospreys in the bay are fairly healthy. And um, this kind of relates to our conversation that we're having today. So I hope you find a lot of good information uh, today. We're going to talk to some people from the World Wildlife Fund about conservation and taking care of animals and our wildlife and and um, our planet. And so um, it's also all about teaching our children. So as we go back to school, our kids go back to school, how can we teach our children to love our planet, take care of our animals? And just a little side note, I have a a new book coming out in a couple of months. So it's all about this subject, the animals. It has a beautiful elephant on the front cover. It's really fun, but I'll share more about with that with you later. Um, before we get into this conversation, I just want to give a shout out to Blue Planet Eyewear, our sponsor. They're an eco-friendly maker of eyeglasses and sunglasses and through their visualized change program they donate a pair of corrective glasses for every single frame purchased and to date they've given more than 500,000 pairs and they partner with great organizations like Sea International, Feed the Children, Direct Relief, Best Day Foundation. They are just an awesome company. So if you're in the market for some new readers or sunglasses 
Take a look at BluePlanetEyewear.com and use the code Connie20 and you'll get a nice little discount for our Happy Healthy You listeners. So pretty cool, right? All right. So moving right into our podcast today, I want to bring in Kate Walker. She is the marketing specialist for the education team at the World Wildlife Fund. And Kate's going to talk to us about a new initiative or it might not be new. I don't know. Anyway, it's an initiative um, called Wild Classroom, and it's a place for parents and teachers to learn and um, share information about all the great work that the World Wildlife Fund does. And if you don't know what the WWF is all about, their mission is to conserve nature and reduce the most pressing threats to the diversity of life on Earth. Now, if that doesn't make you happy and healthier feeling, I don't know what does. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, Connie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you about this. Your website is so chock full of beautiful animal photography. And um, I like to see, since I wrote this book about the elephants, I like to see the elephant well represented there. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I took the, uh, we'll talk about this in a little bit. I took the elephant trivia quiz, which you have on your wild classroom page, page and I did pretty well. I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> I'd encourage everybody to take that quiz at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's just talk basically about the mission of the WWF and what, what you guys are all about, um, just to start to give a little uh, broad overview. Sure. So the World Wildlife Fund, to give a little background, has, is an organization. It's the world's leading conservation organization. Um, it's been around for 50 years with the mission of protecting the future of nature. And how we go about doing this is we have a foundation in science that really looks to involve action from every level, uh, local all the way up to globally, um, governments, communities, and with the ultimate goal of basically delivering solutions that will meet the needs of both people and nature. Um, what a lot of people may not realize is, though, although WWF is known primarily for its work with endangered species, we actually do a lot of work with climate, food, forests, freshwater, oceans, and wildlife are our six priority goal teams. So although we're most often associated with endangered species, our work extends far beyond that. To all those things that um, keep us really healthy as humans on the planet, maybe can you tell us how conservation, I mean, maybe this would hit home with some people. Like some people are like, well, you know, those animals are over in Africa. What do I care? How is conservation and your work beneficial for humans and the planet? So that's actually one of the goals of Wild Classroom is to kind of break down the importance of everybody's actions and how it does have a greater impact around the world. So it may seem, you know, in Chicago, you might not have a direct relation to elephants in Africa, but there are things that you can do and everyday actions that you can take that can help. And that's what we strive to get people to understand. So yeah. although these animals might not be in your backyard, we really want kids, but people in general to just understand that 
although you might not come into contact with them every day, you do make a difference in their survival. Yeah. Well, let's get into the wild classroom because it's a it's a perfect uh, time of year to really introduce this to everybody as kids are going back to school. What is Wild Classroom? What is its mission? And um, yeah, let's just get into it. So Wild Classroom is the education initiative that was launched last October. So we are approaching our one-year anniversary of being up on the web. It's wildclassroom.org, or you can also find it through the main World Wildlife Fund U.S. page, and it's a growing library of learning tools for educators to help foster children's curiosity in the world around them. So we aim to strengthen kids' understanding of how their actions can really help those species and shape the future of our planet. So what we provide on wildclassroom.org is all intended for teachers and parents to be able to increase children's awareness of the natural world on wildlife, habitats, how to create a sustainable future, what they can do to help, and obviously to also introduce them to WWF and our work in all of our six goal areas. Yeah, yeah. Um, Now, I know an organization like yours wouldn't take on an initiative like this without a lot of forethought. So why is it important? Why do you guys feel it's important to teach our young children about caring for our world and our animals? So I can first tell you how the idea kind of came about. Um, Over the years, we really started to see an increasing demand and an increasing amount of inquiries on kid-friendly content. Uh So whether that be activities or information, presentations, just anything that could be used to really educate children, whether it be elementary level all the way through high school and college. They did notice after doing an internal audit that a large percentage of visitors to the World Wildlife Fund page are youth, and a lot of them are also educators, librarians, teachers, after-school facilitators, all looking for ways to engage students in animal topics, but beyond just the fun facts, really getting them to understand the importance of the and the significance of these species and really how they can make a difference. So that was kind of how the project came about. And then how it's what we really try to kind of relay to our audience as to why this is important is we chose to make the majority of the site geared towards elementary level, mainly because We felt that that age group still had a lot of that innate curiosity and wonder about the world around them, and they're already really interested in these types of topics with animals and nature, so why not expand that, like I said, and instead of having them just learn the fun facts about elephants, we can really teach them how the elephants play an important role in the environment and why we need to keep them around and what they can do to help make that happen. So it fit nicely also with elementary curriculum. A lot of teachers teach an endangered species unit. So again, why not correlate it to the work of WWF and really get kids to understand how they can make a difference. Kids love animals too. I mean, what was your favorite animal? I think one of mine is definitely the elephant, but what was your favorite animal, Kate, when you were a little kid? Um, 
That's a tough one because I have quite a few, but <laughs> one of them when I was a little kid and is still my favorite animal today is the manatee. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're fascinating, aren't they? They're so... They're just, they're just big underwater puppy dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you ever been up close and personal with a manatee? I have. I lived in Florida for quite some time, so I got lucky there. Yeah. They're so funny looking <laughs> but and interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, well, I obviously love the elephant. And as I said, I took the elephant trivia quiz. How good are you at those t- quizzes? Have you have you done them all? So I have taken the <laughs> quizzes, but I feel like it's not fair for me to share my score because <laughs> I obviously... You have a little advantage, yeah. I, yeah, I have a little advantage. I'm, I'm immersed in a lot of the content on a regular basis. So um, I have a little bit of an unfair advantage, but the elephant toolkit on wild classroom is actually the most recent curriculum that we launched. So the, you may see if you're looking at the website now that the curriculum is designed in what we're calling toolkits that consist of an information guide to lead a parent or a teacher through any of the activities and then six different activities and they cross different subject levels and a lot of them are subject integrated so it may be a science lab but has a language arts component to it Mm, Um, and they all represent one of our goals but lead with a species so the first one that we launched with last October was the tiger toolkit which represents the work of our forest team so all the activities within the tiger toolkit are about forest conservation And the Elephant Toolkit is the most recent one. Since you mentioned elephants, that's the most recent one we launched with um, just a few weeks ago. And elephants are representative of the work of our wildlife conservation team. So there's a lot of activities and information in there about, um, about elephants and what you can do to help reduce the poaching threat and the ivory trade and things like that. That's so fascinating. And the um, I would imagine it would be great for homeschooled kids, too. I mean, it's just there's so much to use there. Well, what else is great about them is that we really did want to make them accessible to a variety of learning environments. So although we list national education standards and things like that in there for those classroom teachers that have to meet that criteria, we did want to encourage alternative learning environments to use these materials as well. So after-school programs, homeschool programs, nature camps, summer camps, and keeping that in mind, when we designed the activities, we really made sure to have the activities in a way that they didn't require a lot of materials so that teachers or educators or parents would not feel pressured to go out and spend a bunch of money on materials that um, they may not use frequently. So they're very friendly for home schools or any type of learning environment. Cool, cool. I'm just looking at the sea turtle toolkit too. Um, The case of the missing sea turtle is a science activity um, where students can become junior investigators and solve a mystery by placing clues of climate change in order. <laughs> Maybe yeah, you can, so that's, that sounds so fun. With climate change, obviously, right. but incur, kind of plants that scientific investigation seed with students yeah. so that they kind of can understand steps of the scientific method and 
essentially that's what scientists are. They're they're investigators. They're putting clues together to draw conclusions. So. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. That sounds fun. And it's such a whole learning. Like you said, it's a whole learning approach. It's a physical education activity, arts education, social studies, language arts, and then, oh, really cool posters and stuff. How fun. This is so fun. Kate, what what would you say is, what are you trying to get across to the kids about the connection between our healthy wildlife and healthy our healthy planet, healthy ecosystems? I would say we want kids to ultimately kind of develop a sense of significance in the world and really empower them to make a difference. And kids have a lot of impact and they have a lot of influence on the people around them. So I remember, just to share a fun story, I learned about recycling, I think, when I was in second or third grade, and I was so enthusiastic about it that I took that message home, and before I knew it, had everyone in my extended family recycling. So it's really, if we can get kids to understand the bigger concept behind some of their favorite animals and really give them a sense of empowerment and how they can help them. We hope that they will take that message home and spread it within their circle. And before you know it, we'll continue to kind of increase that. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. That's the, that's like, it's subversive and brilliant <laughs> that you do that. So I remember when you brought up the recycling uh, thing, I remember when my kids uh, learned about recycling, the same thing happened. They were so passionate about it. And if I even thought about throwing away something plastic in the garbage and they saw that, they would be like, mom, no. <laughs> Exactly. They have a lot of influence. Yeah. Yeah. Bravo. I love that idea. I love that idea. Okay. So um, before we give all your information and guide people um, to your website and find, you know, find out how they can find more about Wild Classroom, let's just talk about some of the successes of the World Wildlife Foundation in general. I mean, I think that might uh, be something to impress upon people because you have over the years uh, really made some significant strides in helping our, our wildlife. Maybe you could talk about a couple of really successful initiatives. Maybe the elephants. <laughs> I love the elephants. So since we have already mentioned tigers and elephants, that would be a good place to start to talk about two of our successes. So with tigers, we are currently working to double the number of tigers in the wild. This is an ambitious goal that we've been working on with tiger range governments. There are currently less than 4,000 tigers left in the wild, and our hope is to double that number by the year 2022, which is the next Chinese year of the tiger. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's um, uh, what's been going on with tigers. And then with elephants, just this past year, China banned their ivory trade, which was really good news for African elephants, and we hope that that will reduce the amount of poaching on the ground. And in addition, with China placing that ban, it's created a lot of momentum throughout Asia where we've seen other countries commit to closing their markets like Taiwan and Hong Kong. 
Wow, very cool. It's so cool that you guys are on this. And just my last question is really sort of general around some ideas for some easy things those of us can do to re- to kind of stay mindful of the needs of not just wildlife, but those areas that you guys focus on, food, climate, fresh water, um, forests, and oceans. What are some easy things that we can do to stay mindful of our our responsibility to you know care for creation so i can tell you some of the tips that we've mentioned on our education page and i think those tips are good for any age level because if they're if they're things that that kids can do then then everyone can yeah, do hopefully um, hopefully Probably the number one thing that we always tell people is to simply talk about it. Um, spreading awareness of conservation issues is the number one way to get people motivated to act. So just keeping the conversation open for starters. And then in addition to that, there are a number of just little differences that, that you can make or just little things to be aware of in your everyday routines that can also make a big difference. So one of the big things that we always focus on here is reducing waste, and that could be in the form of food waste or water or electricity. Food waste is a big one. We have a food team here, and that's one of the things that they work on. That's actually the next toolkit that's going to be coming out in Wild Classroom is all about food also. So just being mindful of how much food you throw out, trying to reuse leftovers, give to a friend, compost. There's a lot of other options besides the garbage can. So that's a big one. Also, when you're shopping, just being mindful of the products that you buy. With forests, um, we, they, they do a lot with the FSC, which is the Forest Stewardship Council. They will actually have a label on products indicating that the products came from sustainably managed forests. So that's something to keep an eye out for when you buy things like toilet paper, tissues, paper towels, things like that. Um, similarly, there's a label called the MSC label that refers to seafood. So whenever you are shopping for seafood, keep an eye out for those labels as well that also indicate that the fish was sourced sustainably. Um, With your online shopping specifically, you can also keep an eye out for any illegal wildlife products or say you're traveling somewhere, you may also come across products and it's always good to just ask the vendor where it came from and what it's made of just to have that flag um, to make sure that those, those items do not come from endangered species. And obviously another big push that I'm sure many people have heard about is plastic. So if we can cut out single-use plastics like straws, stirs, plastic bags, things like that, that's another thing where just like how when I was seven years old, I got my whole family to start recycling, now I, now straws are out. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The word. Straws are no longer cool. So sorry, straws. (laughs) Okay, so um, let's give all the information uh, about the WWF. So if someone, number one, wants to get involved or donate or um, just get more information about what you do and and this, especially about this uh, wild classroom. 
So by going to worldwildlife.org, which is the main page, you can find all the information you may need on how to fundraise, how to donate. And like I said, you can also access Wild Classrooms through that page. It's available on one of the tabs, or you can go straight to wildclassroom.org. Cool. Okay. And there are opportunities to get involved and even work for you guys, I saw, on your on your page. So if someone loves wildlife and animals, they can even look for a job there. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty cool gig you have there, Kate. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for talking to us about this. And um, I hope it, it spreads far and wide because the work you're doing is really special. And um, we love our animals. Children love our animals, too. So thank you for all the good work you're doing. Uh, well, thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been fun. All right, have a great, happy, healthy day. Bye.